0: Welcome back to the Cheesesteaks and 700-level podcast. My name is Dylan Callan crowley and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Mancini. We're coming at you on Monday, October 5th, coming off an Eagles victory over the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football. We'll get into that a little bit later in the episode, but first, uh, some brief discussion points to go over with the 76ers and Flyers uh, coming off... Uh, this weekend and uh, actually just this afternoon for the Flyers, uh, so awesome. Let's jump right into it before we get to the Eagles stuff. Let's start off with the Sixers. Um, since we last discussed, I don't think we met. It was uh, it, it wasn't this far at least, and uh, I think Doc got hired, Doc Rivers got hired right after the podcast went out, pretty much. But uh, or at least it. The deal was, again, worked out. But Doc Rivers, the former head coach of the Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Clippers, is now the new head coach of your Philadelphia 76ers, replacing Brett Brown. Uh, it certainly seemed like Doc Rivers was their guy here, uh, and that's who they were waiting for the entire time. He got fired from the Clippers, what was that, just last week?
1: And uh, I was going to say, yeah, it was – well, and it was weird, too, because they said they weren't going to fire him. Yep. You know, they said they weren't going to fire him, and and every Sixers fan went, darn it. You know, that's the guy we want. And I guess this – I bet – I think the Sixers probably went, no, nah, there's got to be something. You know, they probably had some intel or something that they knew he was going to be eventually let go. Um, and to me, this is probably the best – case scenario I know we kind of talked about it um I really didn't want um I'm blanking on his name D'Antoni, D'Antoni. I really didn't want just because system wise he it, it's not really what Ben and Joel are used to doing and you know like the skill sets don't really fit um it probably for me would have went Doc Rivers Tyron Lowe D'Antoni
0: yep I agree with that uh, does uh, well, um I, I, does see, it worry I, you though? I, I may have been DeAntoni then, Tyron Lou. I know Lou won a championship, uh, but I mean yeah, he had.
1: For me, it was just a system type coach, of right. thing. He, but uh, um, does it worry you though that Rivers couldn't, you know, multiple times now couldn't get it done? Yeah, I mean,
0: Doc isn't a perfect head coach by any means. He's not a. I think he's a really good, I don't know if he's, he's not an elite head coach. I mean, the dude has had his fair share of failures, to say the least. I mean, how many teams has he actually had that probably could have won the NBA Finals, but they failed to, and I mean, he's lost uh, how many series after being up three games to one now, two.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's what I think like my biggest point is, you know, they've been they've been up before. He's gotten them close, but they just haven't done it. The only the one time that the, he did was was the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, yeah. you know, that that team. And it it's encouraging to me that he, you know, he can at least manage you know, uh egos like that and I think I think he will know how to push yeah. Ben and that was the whole thing, you know. I know there's been a lot coming out with Jimmy Butler um, about accountability with the Sixers, and honestly, he probably wanted to stay, but the you know organization and Brett, he just didn't agree with. Um, but that's a topic, you know, for probably a later, maybe an off-season kind of thing, free agent thing. But um, I think I think as a respect thing, they would. Love to get, you know, like Ben and Joel would love to have Doc. And uh, before we go on you know, everything though, I've way, seen. Uh, sure. I think we should uh, give into uh, his wishes here and call him Glenn. Oh, Glenn. It's it's going to be so hard. So Glenn Rivers. Yeah, he did today. He did, he did tell. Glenn Rivers did tell Zoom off um, that he wanted to be called Glenn Rivers on the broadcast because there is a quote only one doc in this in Philly. Technically, there exactly. was two. Um, I, there's I only just, one doc. I gotta in put that there. Sixers basketball. Sure, but there was there two. Yeah, there there's two docs in Philly's <laughs> but, sports history. But I I like the hiring. I I do. I mean I don't. I really don't know what to expect with this year. Yeah, I mean. He seems high
0: on uh, the combination of Embiid and Simmons, which I mean, what head coach wouldn't. Uh, he uh, <laughs> It would be a little concerning yeah, if he wasn't. He, it seems like he beat around the bush around, when it came to Al Horford talk today a little bit. Um, so I, I like it. I don't know how much it's actually going to change when it all comes down to it. Uh, there's a lot of There's certainly concerns about his coaching and uh, ability to win the big games. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to give him some time here to see. Obviously, we see what he does. I'm not going to call this a massive failure after one season unless they miss the playoffs. But
1: uh, I I think... Well, there should be more changes, and we no, don't think there's going to no, be any. there definitely should be. So, it's it, even, especially after one season, it's going to kind of be hard to, you know, because everyone's going to be miserable that there weren't more changes.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, one of those changes, I think, should have been uh, Elton Brand. But, I mean, here we are anyway. Uh, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Uh, but moving on from the Sixers, uh, the Flyers received some uh, pretty substantial news on Monday. And a, a shocking news to say to the least. Very it, random. Very too. random, uh, at least to the the media and fans. And that's that man Niskanen, uh, Flyers, arguably their second best defenseman this year, uh, is retiring. It was a decision that he made a following uh, or towards the end of this uh, playoff run. Uh, he told Chuck Fletcher the day after the Flyers got knocked out of the playoffs. Fletcher wanted him to uh, go home, spend some time with his family, sit on the decision, and then get back to him. Niskin got back to Fletcher. And, uh, yeah, Niskin is going to hang up the skates. He's only, I think, 33. So still pretty young. But, I mean, uh, for, first foremost and foremost here, uh, uh, I guess just uh, tip of the hat to Matt, C- Matt C- Niskanen on a uh, really good NHL career, uh, nine hundred forty-nine games, three hundred fifty-six points, uh, won a Stanley Cup with the Capitals. So I mean, uh, pretty nice career there for uh, Niskanen.
1: Yeah, and it's it's hard to it's hard to blame him. Like especially, like you can't really blame him. Especially like you know, I look at a guy like Giroux who just had a kid, you know, or Couturier um, who just had a kid. I know Couturier is a little younger. But, you know, you're playing in your NHL season. You're not thinking... I, I feel like he wasn't really thinking about this probably midway, like when the Flyers got hot before the stoppage. You know, and then you get that stoppage and you're spending a lot more time with your family, you're, you know, more time with your kids, your wife, and you kind... These players get, like, a little glimpse of retirement. Yep. And I think, I think that kind of just nudged him a little more towards you know I'm ready and uh, you know I I appreciate all he, he you know he was fantastic for Provorov he was a very good mentor I think for Provorov he was a good pair for him um and just the leadership he brought to this team so you know it's it's it sucks for the team itself because of losing that leadership and now you have a hole you have to fill. But you can't you can't blame no, him and, uh, at all.
0: It does seem like COVID nineteen and the uncertainty about this upcoming season played a factor and I mean I was just talking to uh my girlfriend's dad yesterday about this and I was uh not nisking him but about COVID nineteen the upcoming season and I was saying how I mean I think players were willing to do the bubble for the playoffs because it's the playoffs. It's only gonna be two, three months of time, but yeah. going into this season, like I'm not sure players are willing are gonna be as willing to go into a bubble for. Well, let's be honest. It could be a few weeks. It could be a few. It could be a month or two, or it could be the entire season. But it, I, yeah. I don't think players are gonna to want to step away from their families for uh, that extended period of time. For the second time in less than a year. Especially for uh guys like Giroux, uh Couturier, uh J V R all who have young uh kids uh, who were born all in the last uh well yeah, Drew's, couple months, I think eight years. son is just a little over one now, but uh Couturier and J V R just had kids uh before uh right, literally right, right before, before. playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we I'll be interested to see if we see anything like this from around the league because uh, of COVID and uncertainty, I mean, but a... it's a big loss for the Flyers. Uh, I mean, I think Niskanen you could replace uh, probably cheaper because while he was good for the Flyers, he wasn't perfect. I think there's a lot of good players out there uh but you got to now find a right-handed shot and it changes the entire course of this offseason.
1: Yeah, cuz every every thing anybody wanted because of how their playoff run ended was okay, go get a shooter. Go get a shooter. Go get Goudreau, Go get Linea. Go get somebody who is going to put up 30-40 goals. And now all of a sudden you have to split that money up and you can't do that. You have to go, well, now we need a defenseman and I don't you know I don't know if we're we're ready to give it to a young another young kid like Zamula I know you and I briefly talked about it before we got on um you know I don't know if there, I don't think at least there's anyone really ready to take so. that step I mean, they did just – it was weird. They So they announced Niskanen retired, and then almost immediately were like, oh, hey, by the way, Justin Braun uh, signed a two-year 1.8 yeah, million. Yeah, that was deal.
0: because they did not want to lose two
1: guys <laughs> off the PK
0: since Niskanen and uh, Braun were probably your two defensemen who are out on the PK the most this year.
1: Yeah, and it was I just thought it was kind of funny, like they just kinda of like to soften the blow, like, hey guys, I know we just lost Niskanen, but uh Justin Braun's coming yeah. back. Which well, I'm sure has everybody you know, with just enthusiastic. Oh, thrilled. <laughs> but the biggest name, you know, I've I've seen people link to the Flyers is uh, Alex Petrangelo. He's he and probably Tori Krug are the dreams. For signings. Yeah, I would I would agree. But I don't with that. think they're uh, realistic.
0: I I don't know because now when Niskan off, off the books you got very young and with with Niskan off the books you got five point seven five million I think now to play with.
1: Uh but that's better than the what two like the two hundred thousand yeah. that they had. The <laughs> problem with Petrangelo
0: is the dude's <laughs> probably going to get over $9 million
1: a year. Uh, and he's probably going to get like a seven-year yeah,
0: deal. Um, so, unless the Flyers trade a contract, uh, I don't see him being truly realistic. But, I mean, a Krug, depending on the money, could be, I think, a realistic option for the Flyers. Will they do it? I don't know. Also out there is Tyson Berry, who... Uh, isn't exactly coming off a great season with Toronto. Uh, Justin Schultz, uh, Sammy Vatinen is out there. Um, there's a couple of guys out there. Not not a lot of huge game names that I think are game changers. But I think you only need to pick yeah. up a guy who. Uh,
1: kind of, well, Niskanen wasn't even a no, game changer. No, you just
0: need a guy who picks who who fills that that production level that Niskan gave you uh, at the least. Uh, But if you pick up a guy like Petrangelo or Krug, uh, I mean, those are two guys who I think put you at the top of the Eastern Conference uh, in terms of chances to win the Eastern Conference next year.
1: But at the same time, our defense wasn't our biggest worry. You know, like when we were playing, when we played uh, the Canadians and the Islanders, we weren't for the most part going. Holy crap! Look how bad our defense is. Like we need that sure. next guy. It was holy crap. We can't score. And while I would, like I said, like I would love to have a Tory Krug or a Petrangelo, uh, I just that that need that what was it two for four for 51 or whatever on the power play and just the abysmal scoring they ran you know had that to me was is more yeah, worrisome
0: and and this brings up a thing is like everybody a lot of flyers fans like to give a lot of crap to the like to the justin Braun yeah justin Brown's not a good defenseman we that <laughs> that, but he was your the playoffs, third pair. <laughs> we we knew he wasn't a good defenseman. Yet all people want to complain about during the playoffs is Justin Braun sucks. People complain about Nate Thompson. Yeah. yeah, we know Nate Thompson isn't Nate a, Thompson a goal scorer.
1: <laughs> He's a fourth liner.
0: <laughs> like everybody complains yeah. about the bottom six guys, and the def- and the
1: and if you're complaining about the bottom six. Yeah, I, exactly. It should tell you how good your top like, is.
0: The, the problem with the Flyers is, is – not, not the problem with Flyers. The problem with some Flyers fans out there is there would be Flyers fans who give Claude Drew, a pl- give Claude Drew plenty of crap for uh, not showing up at times. And, but then there's some who who still worship Drew to the end of the earth, and it, it's okay. And let's be honest, we've mentioned during the playoffs – before Giroux hasn't shown up in a long time in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the.
1: But neither did no, connect nobody no, Like there is more to the, it. Nobody in the Flyers right.
0: top six showed up during the playoffs. No,
1: I mean uh, the only guy you could te- I guess say is Voracek, and he showed up for what two games yeah. in the in the Canadian series?
0: Exactly. I mean. The Fly, Flyers fans, a lot, there's a lot of Flyers fans out there, especially on Twitter, and I'm not going to name names, uh, but uh, there's a lot of Flyers fans out there who give a lot of shit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, just said, give a lot of shit to the bottom guys uh, <laughs> when the top guys don't get any any blame. I mean, the, Flyer, the reason the Flyers lost wasn't because of the bottom guys. The reason the Flyers lost is because their top guys in the, the show. top six. Because guess what? Going to the playoffs. What was everybody saying about the Flyers? That they were deep. Yeah, D- Nate Thompson <laughs> yeah. isn't going to be this game changer in the playoffs because he's a fourth liner.
1: <laughs> the fact that we have to go on a you at least have to go on a Nate Thompson rant <laughs> or a Justin Braun. Rant. But let's look forward to the future, shouldn't we? You know who else they love to kill too. What was that? I was just gonna semi-segment and say, you know, who else they like to oh, yeah. kill? Who else they like to? The p- same, the same people who kill Claude Giroux as much as they do kill Carson Wentz.
0: You could just add
1: me. Thank you very much. Uh, listen, no. See, here's the thing, though. It's different, and. Because we both we have. have killed Carson, we both have said that he has not played well because he hasn't. However, we were not saying game two, mid game two, put Jalen Hurts in. Where's Nick Foles? Because I don't know if anyone any if anyone wants to go look, Nick Foles looked as bad as Mitch Trubisky on Sunday. Yep, I agree. So. I don't. Uh, these people, you can't, you can't please them. You no, can't. That's true. Um, um, go ahead. But if we, if we want them, I don't know if you want have any last yeah, thoughts on the Flyers. Uh, but then we can move on to the yeah, last to the, birds. To the flyers, Uh This is going up,
0: obviously, uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, NHL draft starts Tuesday night, uh, which kind of snuck up on me. Uh, so now I'm kind of excited for that, even though the Flyers don't pick until number twenty three. Um, really, it seems like the Flyers are probably going to take a forward non-shockling since their defensive depth in the organization is pretty strong. Um, some names being thrown out there are Jacob Peralt, a right winger from the Sarnia Sting. I saw him a few times. Um, uh, center, Brendan Brisson, uh, from Chicago and the USHL, uh, Jan Missick, uh, a, a center from Hamilton. uh mav maverick bork uh a center from uh Shonigan. um so just go co- there's a couple guys i've seen out there i did see one defenseman justin Barron, thrown out he plays for the halifax moosehead uh, but uh if, if you if you had what do you want to see the flyers pick up in uh, in the draft
1: i feel like i've been saying it for the last three years um i want to see them get a scoring winger and i know i'm pr- i've been prying and probably annoying people with my morgan frost talk but morgan frost is my first hope uh and then i don't know what i'm going to do after that if if he doesn't turn out to be anything i might cry yeah i mean oh. because here's the thing we've so we are so center deep yeah that is true Like, we're at the point where we have to force, like, I think they're going to have to force Morgan Frost into a winger because, one, just his style of play, and, two, you know, knock on wood that they don't trade Nolan. You have, in the future, Farabee, Nolan, Coots, and then Morgan Frost isn't going to play fourth line minutes.
0: I'm thinking one of their,
1: I I have a feeling one of their notable prospects is going to get traded this summer. Or fall. Wow, fall. I do too. I do too, and and it's because they're gonna try to like please everybody and and go get like a Goudreau. Yeah, or something. I,
0: I I mean among I can see Frost Cam York the one of those
1: guys getting traded. I really don't. Those are the two I really don't want uh, them to trade. And I know I'm I'm willing to put Dylan. I will I will Venmo you ten dollars that if there is a trade. Morgan Frost gets sent, and you and I'm going to text you immediately. And I might need a hug. <laughs> I'll, I'll come give you a hug if gets get. I'll right. still buy his jersey. I don't care.
0: <laughs> All right, I think we can now move on to the
1: <laughs> uh, the birds. Uh, so who, as who mentioned, I mentioned coming for on, some reason, Dylan. What was that? I was just going to say, for some reason, this team, they win the games. They don't um, – they have no That's, reason that to win. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, as I mentioned coming on,
0: Eagles picked up a win in San Francisco last night, 25-20 on Sunday Night Football. And as Austin <laughs> just said, it was one of those games that uh, I told him before we got into the podcast here that uh, I was telling people all Sunday this was going to be the game the Eagles were going to win. And I don't know how it's going to affect them throughout the rest of the season, but for at least a week, it's going to give everybody in Philadelphia hope that the Eagles can turn the season around and still become something.
1: Uh, oh, this is their, this is their plan for the last, since 2018 is you go, this team's a yeah. disaster. I'm done watching them. And then, up oh, here we go. Here we come. Yeah. You know, they start reeling it in. And reeling it in. And then you get sucked back in and you're like, Why am I doing this to myself? That's exactly how it's gonna go. And that's what this and this is exactly what and you know this is that game because um first of all, Carson Wentz actually started to look I I wouldn't say he looked it was great. A step forward. But he looked yeah, incur- encouraged he he forward. took a step forward after taking three steps yeah, back.
0: Yeah, it was an encouraging performance. I um, thought uh what, what I took away from it, and it does have me slightly excited about him going forward in the next few weeks, is that over the Cincinnati game and this game, we have seen Carson kind of r- gain more confidence or kind of go back to Trust. that ability that he had early in his career of moving around, getting out of the pocket, escaping rushes from linebackers and defensive linemen that he should get sacked on. And he's he's looking great. I don't know great, but he's looking really good mobile-wise. He's extending plays. And, I mean, this is the best we've seen him on his feet since pre-injury.
1: Yeah, and it... I was encouraged to not see him try to duck every single pass rusher. Yes. Like, when he ran for that touchdown, he sidestepped three people, two in the pocket, and then he juke the linebacker, whoever that was out. And, you know, Carson wasn't doing that right, like last year when he came back from the ACL oh. tear. It was the, oh, God, here comes somebody, and he slides. Or attempted to slide, um, so yeah, I I think his mobility was there a little. So I heard somebody, it might have been Ray Diddy, say maybe that that muscle that he put on kind of hurt his mobility. Definitely could have. Because they said you know he did you know going into the off or coming from the off season he looked stronger, he looked bigger. And maybe I don't know if he's like cutting that a little bit, but or just getting used to it. But I I fully agree. Especially that one um throw he had. Um, he escaped a couple people, rolled right. I was honestly screaming for him to throw it away, and I forget who he hit. I don't know if it was Miles, I don't know if I forget if it was Greg Ward. But he hit someone Probably three yards shy of the first down.
0: Yeah. Do
1: and that and that was reminiscent of when uh the Seahawks we played the Seahawks and he just threw that bomb to uh Aguilar. Yeah. I do remember that. So and and just as a whole, I think Carson like he missed a couple throws to Miles. Yeah, it wasn't a perfect pass, And he I did think. have sh- sure and but but there were encouraging things that happened still. Like the deep ball to Fulgram, who we'll get into uh, in a little bit, but, you know, you haven't really seen him hit those deep balls. He's missed a couple on them. And I know he threw, what was it, was it one interception or two?
0: Um, he threw one. And it was def- It was deflected okay. off the defensive line, I believe.
1: Right. Right. And that was and that was one of my things that I was like, why, you know, like I I get it. everyone's upset he threw another pick, it got tipped. I mean, yeah, but I I hate using that as an excuse. That but being said, I mean,
0: I've never seen a six five quarterback get more passes tipped in his life. Than I Carson agree, has.
1: and I agree, and I think that it's a timing thing. Like you know, they're they're timing him and going, he's going to get rid of that ball. But once that ball's out of your hand, you know, and if it gets batted at the line, I, 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 it's hard for me to be like, Oh, what a terrible throw, you know? I agree. Like it's a different criticism. It's a different criticism for me.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, but overall I, I think I would call his performance yesterday encouraging it's a step forward but you still got to
1: – would you give it a b
0: maybe a B minus mm-hmm. i i I think there's still room to grow uh and sure. improve uh but I uh, it's encouraging that he took a step forward for once
1: um yeah, I it I I'd probably go B minus 2. I I you know, you saw like I said, he missed miles on some easy throws. He did hit on a couple of them and that and that touchdown he threw was beautiful. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. That was a Nick Folesian teardrop touchdown. Um, but staying did, with the offense, well, we'll another aspect was. that was in uh his rushing touchdown well,
0: sure. to open the game or, or the scoring yesterday. <laughs> um, that that was his third of the season, which is his career high. Uh, and he now has three straight
1: games of a rushing touchdown. So, if. Uh, he. Um, I don't even know. I just. It, he looked like he wanted to win that game. He did. He looked really confident. And even. I know it's something stupid, but. Even him blocking on that Jalen Hurts uh, play, you know it. That was somebody who uh, he didn't care. Uh, he knows he's got to you know make sure he doesn't get hurt, but he wasn't afraid to go block that guy. Yeah, I agree. And if your quarterbacks and if your quarterbacks going out there doing that, I think I think it tells your team a little something. Definitely does. Um, but the other encouraging thing was. Uh, Mr. Jordan Jordan Maelotta filled in for uh, Jason Peters, and I honestly was terrified going in this game. I think we all were. But but at the same time, we had to see him eventually. Yes. Yeah. It was bound it was bound to come. If not, everyone would have said, "Why did we hold on to a roster spot for this dude for as long as we did?" And I have to say. He impressed me. Yeah, he was he
0: may he was up there as their best offensive lineman last night.
1: He was arguably as good as Jason Peters was all year. This year. I'm not I'm not gonna go and say he was all pro level, you Seriously? know, like Jason Peters has been sure. his entire career here. But he was He was he, Just as good, bad, whatever you want to add to performance as Jason Peters. Yes. And, you know, if, if he sees that, one, he gains confidence, and two, the only way he can get better is for him to play. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. Fully agree. Same with, Same with Jack Driscoll, by the way. Staying with the offensive lineman. I mean, he he kind of impressed me the first game when he came in, or he started for Lane Johnson. But um, I mean, he he didn't really to me struggle that much. I don't know if you noticed anything.
0: No, I didn't really notice a ton. If I'm being honest,
1: which is which is to an extent kind of no, yeah, good.
0: It's definitely good. I mean,
1: it's one of those things <laughs> you don't hear his name then. Everything must be going well. Now, now my did my did have a terrible, terrible false start. Yes, he did. He did on 31. But again, that has to do with not playing with the team and, you know, all that. But, um, any other things you notice on that? Offense? Um,
0: yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, Ma Sanders, uh, he had 15 touches in the game, 76 yards. He wasn't greatly efficient on the ground, just 13 46. Had two receptions for 30 yards, but uh late in the game, the Eagles needed a first down uh to seal the victory and not give the ball back to the 49ers. They didn't get it. Uh but in that drive, uh Miles Sanders was uh not present at all. Uh wasn't on the field for a single snap. Um uh, that, I mean, the dude's your workhorse running back. He should be out there unless he is hurt or he has already gotten 30 some carries in the game. He should be out there every series.
1: Yeah, and and I get it. Doug, Doug said it was a part of the game plan. Clemens is more of a bruiser. You know, they just wanted to wind the clock down. I get it. I do. But it wasn't like you gave Miles. 20 carries yeah. prior to that, 25 carries prior to that, or touches in general. The dude should have at least been fresh. You know, I don't know if it was a fatigue thing or you know, uh, Deuce said something to Doug. But as a whole, I mean, Miles wasn't really used. He did have, I believe, a 2.8 yards per carry rushing specifically for rushing, which wasn't necessarily that good. But, again, he is, at that point, your best offensive weapon.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, I guess let's talk about the receivers. Uh, Where do you want to start with the receivers? Oh, you mean? uh, The man, the myth, the legend, Travis Fulgham, or do you want to start with the rest of the group?
1: It's kind of hard not to start with the man who was signed on Saturday and already has more yards and touchdowns and catches than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That is
0: 100% true.
1: I mean, it is more. it was a beautiful yeah, I mean, catch.
0: There's, I think... Uh, with just his first career game uh by Fulgham that he he has matched JJ Ortega Whiteside's career touchdown uh
1: total. I don't even remember his I tu- I don't even remember Ortega Whiteside's touchdown. Yeah he that got one
0: last year against um thinking off the top of my head here uh
1: Miami. Okay. Um, well, here's the thing. Travis Fulgham, even his first catch was that, what, that comeback or that curl was a way better route than I've seen Ortega Whiteside run all year. And Carson, you could just tell, trusted Fulgham to make, make a catch. Him and Greg Ward were the only ones he showed full confidence he could catch that ball. Um... I mean it's encouraging. I'm I'm glad Carson has somebody that he can at this point look to. I do think you're gonna you you might see Alshon this week. Which yeah, I think we'll could see, help. Andre a lot.
0: Killen's got uh wave today, which <laughs> I assume he's gonna go back down and practice squad, but it leaves a uh Oben Rosha spot, which means uh Alshon could be coming off the uh IR now.
1: It's I, I, I think it's either him or it's uh, Will Parks. It's got to be right. Yes,
0: I would agree with that.
1: Um, but as a whole, I mean, the receiver, the poor poor Carson. You know, you look at Dak and what he's throwing to, and I tweeted on um, I tweeted on what would it would Sunday, watching Deshaun Watson and just seeing him struggle, I know he put up some yards, but watching him struggle without DeAndre Hopkins and people going, "Man, Deshaun Watson doesn't look like the same quarterback." Do they finally see what Carson's been working with? Yeah, I I think so. And and still and still Watson has yeah. better receivers.
0: Yeah, and uh but I it's I mean, I I I just saw so many posts about the Patriots receivers tonight. It's it is amazing how the Eagles wide receiver lack of a wide receiver group here uh, keeps going under the radar nationally. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: But uh, you're going to complain that Cam or or Stidham or Hoyer has to throw to Julian Edelman, and I'll raise you Deontay Burnett.
0: What tell me, Don da- Deontay Burnett isn't. In- a star number two receiver.
1: No, he was supposed to start this, this last good. night and he, he played what? Like two snaps and got a concussion.
0: Yeah. It wasn't as great as great as <laughs> he probably expected. Um, let, let's move on here. Well, I guess Travis Fulgham. Uh, I mean, they got to keep him on the roster now, right? After the last night, two for 57, one touchdown. And that touchdown, he he said he wasn't able to see the ball well, uh, but he was able to track it at the end, uh, made a nice catch while getting tackled and tumbled into the end zone for his first career touchdown.
1: He, I was sitting there with uh, my friend watching the game at uh, PJ Willihan's, and, you know, we were talking about Aguilar, and he said Aguilar, you know, we would be a much better receiving core if we still had Aguilar. He has, you know, more touchdowns and all this. And I and I looked at him and I jokingly said that Fulgham was gonna have a touchdown tonight. Yep. Or last night. Aguilar isn't catching that ball. No. Most likely not. In fact if and, and he did, did he goes out of bounds. Same right thing away. About that.
0: that that I mean it wasn't obviously Aguilar had a ton of separation. Uh, but that was very much the kind of like that Aguilar play against Atlanta last year
1: uh but I mean except there were no lights for fulgum to blame true uh but
0: uh I mean at the end of the day uh for that for that play for a rookie to make that play in that situation where let's be honest there was a much a must win game for the Eagles. Uh, that's the type of play that earns you a roster spot and even if you have a bad week or two, is going to keep you on an NFL roster because they mm-hmm. you have shown you can make contested catches and that's something the Eagles haven't been able to do in a long time. If Folgum can show he can make contested grabs consistently, I mean then I he he may be Wentz's best option almost going forward.
1: Yeah, assume it. Uh, yeah, if Alshon doesn't play, he's most likely Carson's favorite target besides Greg Ward.
0: Yeah, and uh, let's go through the rest of the offensive. Uh, sorry, receiving. Yeah, the rest of the receivers' stats. Uh, Greg Ward four for thirty eight. Uh, Richard Rodgers backing up Zach Ertz, 3 for 35. John Hightower, 2 for 20. Uh, And then Zach Ertz, just a mere 4 for 9. I mean, uh, last night was a perfect showing of Zach Ertz uh, picking up two yards per reception and then uh, falling down as soon as he gets touched. I mean,
1: granted, granted, the game plan that the 49ers came into the game with was – Double team Ertz, make Carson throw to the receivers, yes. because that, if I'm a defensive coordinator, that's what I'm doing, and it it worked. I mean, you didn't see Ertz. I most of the time when Ertz caught a ball, you know, for those four times, I was like, cool. But I mean, as a whole, the receiving court was okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. I thought Ward. I, I'm shocked Ward didn't have more yards.
0: Yeah. I, I was thinking that the same, same thing last time. Um, Zach Ertz played, and he. Sorry, I say Zach Ertz. You mean Jalen Ertz? Jalen Ertz played. <laughs> they rhyme. They do. They rhyme. rhyme. Jalen Ertz played. Uh, he, I think he, he saw, uh, three or four snaps in the game. Uh, he was three for eighteen on the ground. Uh, he did fumble a bad snap from uh, Jason Kelsey which he had to immediately fall on. Kelsey did not have his best night. He over-snapped over Wednesdays head as well earlier in the game. Um, I mean, when he has the ball and he's able to take off and run, Hurts uh, looks very dangerous. Uh, there was a part where the, a play there They looked like they were going to try a trick play at one point, uh, but the play broke down. Uh, but he was able to still gather a few yards. Yeah. I mean, you said going in it feels like they're for, kind of forcing him into the game at times. Uh but yeah. at the same time minus this fumble and fumble last week, there are some flashes of what you could see that he could possibly do uh even sure uh, beyond
1: passing the ball. It's it's just to me, I think part of the problem is this. Right? we, we it even in this game I watched Brandon Ayuk completely hurdle Marcus Epps, like completely hurdle him. Goes into the end zone. You could have had Jalen Rager or Justin Jefferson, and Ayuk. You could have had both. You ran Jalen Hurts three. You, you gave him three or four plays, and yeah, I did it. To me, it felt forced. Where I would be more comfortable is red zone two point conversion or this offense can't do anything you know and it's a it's a spark kind of thing it's like it to me it just kind of reminded me like of or it seemed to me that doug was looking around and went oh yeah we we drafted this kid we got to put him in."
0: yeah i agree uh, it kind of has that feeling
1: uh, a little bit I, I would agree with that and the Saints do it, too, with Taysom Hill. They do. They do. and Because to an extent, if you wanted to even just make a team think about it, you could have Hurts on the punt team, you know, as the up man or whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, I, I guess you could also do that if you really wanted to. I mean, right now, I don't think you'd do that with him as your second-string quarterback. but
1: No. Uh, but, yeah, you know healthy, what I mean? like Or active. Yeah. Like, I just... It, it's cool to see but there are, there are only you can only do it 3 times you know like the 3 times that they did it you can only do it that many times with Carson on the field at the same time
0: i agree with that i agree with that um talk about the defense i mean they went up against uh backup quarterbacks last night against one backup they looked really good against the other backup uh C.J. Beathard, uh, he, t- he tore them apart when they were playing sticks defense. But let's start with uh, Mullen and the defense. I mean, overall, I think defensive line looked good. Another f- five sacks in this game after, what was it, seven last week?
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, they're starting to get in a type of rhythm or, you know, Something. Like, they're just starting yeah. to click.
0: And, 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 I mean, that's huge. If that defensive line could get
1: going here, that would be huge for this team so much. Well, and it just takes, like, you know, they moved they moved uh, Jalen Mills to corner. And Slay did his – did the typical Slay in a good way. You know, just totally shut down the other guy. And – if this defensive line can just get to the quarterback like this, not even necessarily sack, but just, you know, it's it's what they did in 17, except this is a much better defensive line. Yeah, talent wise And you oh, finally right, saw yeah. that it and – it, and it finally led to what we haven't seen since the greatest second-round pick Howie has had, Sidney Jones.
0: Yeah any jokes.
1: Interception in week 16 of last year.
0: Yeah, I mean it was a great show by the defense I think overall. They first forced three turnovers in the game, two interceptions one by Rodney McLeod the other by Alex Singleton laying the game which turned into a pick six that should have put the game away because at that point it was an 11 point game um, but it didn't uh, and then uh, you also had a Cravione LeBlanc forced fumble in the first half. Uh, that result, I think, resulted in points for the Eagles as well.
1: Yeah, he's he's honestly. I think he needs to play more. I really do. Um, I feel like he makes he just makes plays, and that blitz, that delayed blitz, one you haven't seen from Jim Schwartz in I don't know how long. You know, you finally get like some sort of uh, create, yeah, creativity on that defense, and it it paid off. I mean, I don't know if that works against a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, but you know who yeah, you're going against. You know, you knew you were going he, against. take took State
0: advantage Mullen. of a young, uh, inexperienced quarterback. I mean, Mullen is experienced. He's won, I think, four NFL games, but. <laughs> uh he's not Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, here's the thing i don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback i think he's slightly, slightly above, above average. average he's a game manager like there's a reason the 49ers ran the ball so much in the playoffs last year it's not cuz they have a they had a great running back group it's because they don't trust <laughs> jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball more than like 20 times a ga-
1: 20 25
0: times a game yeah yep uh and that's why even if the eagle if Grappler was in this game I think I think Niners probably win but I still think the Eagles could have won if if Grappler played.
1: Yeah, I mean and we talked about it before the season even started. I said the Eagles match up well against the it, 49ers. 49ers want to run the ball and the Eagles best strength is pass or run defense. Jarek McKinnon didn't run I think he had what, like thirteen carries for fifty yeah. yards. You know, it, it was something like that. So it forced Nick Mullins to throw the ball. Now I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo throws that directly Alex to Singleton. Yeah. Alex Singleton, but we could have made that pick six. <laughs> we could have, but you know what? That's why they're not—they're not paying me to make. Yeah, those now though. let's.
0: Uh, so after that pick six by uh, Nick Mullins. Uh, 49ers, Paul Mullins put in C.J. uh, who went up against Jim Schwartz's uh, sticks defense. And uh, let me say, just fire Jim Schwartz into the sun. How many times <laughs> do we have to play sticks defense to realize it
1: doesn't work? Beathard, in the... F- Especially when you have a guy over the middle named yeah, George I mean, Kittle.
0: Bethard. it was, what, the last... Five minutes of the game. I'm looking to see when the last touch when the touchdown by uh. So that touchdown came at one sec. Where where'd it go? Interception touchdown. Here we go. Five forty two left in the game. Alex Singleton made a little a eleven point Eagles lead. So in the last five minutes and forty some seconds, C.J. Beathard went. 14 for 19 for 138. And I mean, I know the Eagles offense could have (laughs) kept them off the field. And I mean, that's why you put Miles Sanders out there. But how do you let a quarterback tear you up that badly in the final five? minutes? we're not talking about Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Patrick Mahomes or anybody who's good we're talking about C.J. Beathard the third string quarterback of the 49ers
1: it's because Jim was playing to not lose and it it's the wimpiest style of defense you know like and it and it to an extent doesn't work no. because you even saw against Tennessee you know in Tennessee literally you played sticks and yep. you lost. I mean uh teams are going to pick it apart one way or another.
0: And like any team that has a good offense coordinator and a average or even semi below average quarterback will be able to pick your sticks defensive part every single time. And the Eagles have paid for it almost yeah, every
1: single time. It, if somehow they play a close game against the Ravens. It's two weeks ahead, Lamar's either going to beat it throwing, right? No, yeah, I know. I'm just but
0: mind everybody who's listening.
1: Yeah, he's either going to he's either going to pick it apart like that, or he's just going to take off because you're going to be so spread out.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: I agree. Um, and you think Nate Gary or Alex Singleton
0: are going to no. catch him? No, uh, I do feel bad for Kevon Wallace though. Uh, first career start, and for the most of the night. Uh he basically had to be there to help cover uh Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey had uh pretty
1: much what we expected against the Eagles defense. You meant, you you did it again. It's George oh Kittle my God. Uh
0: sorry, I'm watching the I'm watching the uh Chiefs Patriots game right now. My bad. Uh Greg Kittle.
1: Greg You're good. Kittle. George. George. Jeez. <laughs> You have that was, Ike juice. What That's what you're, say? right? <laughs> Greg, you said Greg there. It's okay. But, um, Kavan, I mean, listen, if you want your first game to be a cakewalk, then you're not ready for, you don't, you know, you're not ready for the NFL. Kavan Wallace, every time I see him, I follow him on Twitter. Every time I see him, you know, tweet something, he, he wants he it. And listen, if if Jim said, "Hey, look, you got to go cover George Kittle," he probably said, "Okay." And I mean, to an extent, he saw that. Now, now, George Kittle shoved his face into the <laughs> grass, but I mean, to an extent, I think he played fine.
0: Yeah, I thought he played fine. I mean, outside of that one play, you really didn't hear his name called much. Which I mean. It means he a didn't rack up a lot of tackles, which uh, is all right. He ended the game with uh, actually I'm trying to look now uh, two tackles, and then but uh, and then you heard him that one time when Kittle shoved into the ground. But uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. You don't want your safety making ten tackles. No, usually anyway. not. Anyway.
0: Depends what of they are but usually not uh, but yeah. yet
1: I wouldn't mind seeing him start again on Sunday I, I
0: think he is going to start again and uh, but for Greg good for Kittle
1: <laughs> yeah just stick to the last name for George stick Kittle. to the last name George <laughs> it's you it's like you and the Washington am I even football I getting team? Greg <laughs> I don't I don't where know where am I getting Greg
0: <laughs> George Kittle George Giorgio, George, 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 George Kittle, the Kittle of George, George Kittle. Uh, I mean, that's exactly what you expected out of Kittle last night. Uh, Fifteen for what was it, one thirty-eight mm-hmm. and a touchdown? Uh, sorry, one eighty-three. Yeah, like he was going to have for that one eighty-three and a touchdown. Uh, and that's uh, honestly why what we saw of Kittle last night is why. Uh, the Eagles aren't going to pay Zach Ertz.
1: Yeah, because uh, he sh- he doesn't shove people's face into the ground well, like Kittle, Kittle. He doesn't well, get Kittle the yak. Well, was going
0: 15 for 183 <laughs> and a touchdown yeah, when everybody knew the ball was going to him. Zach Ertz, the Eagles' best receiver last night coming into the game, was
1: four for nine. I yeah. mean, stats speak for uh, themselves. Like, I wish I knew what else to say, you know. It's not, and, like, the, uh, it's not like this 49ers that, defense is a uh, – It was missing yeah, Nick I mean, Bosa. mean,
0: this 49ers defense isn't exactly going to scare you. Uh, so, I mean, that – I was disappointed in Hurts. Uh, but uh, any other thoughts on this game last night? As we reach
1: the one-hour point, almost. Sure. Um, not really. I mean, Alex Singleton, besides the pick six, he, he looked like the best linebacker out of them. And then Josh Sweat, you know, like you briefly mentioned, Josh Sweat has surprisingly, you know, this is what they kind of hoped they would, you know, like, as a ceiling, that's what they'd get out yeah, of
0: him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's already three sacks into the, uh, on the board this year,
1: tied for the team leader, Brandon Graham. Uh, so, if he finishes six, six, seven, eight, I'm very yeah, happy. I think any I think, right, Derek I think Barnett's supposed to be the guy already. with ten.
0: I mean, I think the goal now is at least six, but if you get seven, eight, because he plus, should at then, least be able to get one against yeah, the Giants. If it's seven, eight, seven, eight or more. Uh, I mean, that's a, I'll take that any season out of almost any defensive lineman.
1: Except, see, I expect 10 from Derek Burnett. I think we need a yeah, lower to expectation to Derek Burnett. Yeah, but the only reason I say 10 is because he's your starting Speed yeah. rusher, uh, Sweat and Graham, by the way, are, you know? are uh, like, tied that's for why it, that's... ninth in the league in sacks. Combine, Combine or just <laughs> or
0: with so, three solo, they their solo three sacks okay. are tied for ninth in the league. We'll but take but it. By I will tied take for it. ninth, I mean, there's uh, there's Moss Garrett with five, like Allen Smith with four. Uh, Four guys, five guys tied. No, sorry, six guys tied with three and a half. And then uh, about eight or nine guys tied
1: with three. I'll take it no, still. Definitely. Um, um, so how you feeling about this Sunday then? Just a quick, how um, you feeling post?
0: I, I don't like their chances just because I don't know how their offense is going to perform. But I think they cover the spread because the spread's seven points. I think they cover the spread.
1: I honestly, I think I think that defense Pittsburgh has is killer. Number one, number two, I don't know who's covering Chase Claypool. Yeah. Uh, Because they have him, Juju, Deontay, and James Washington. Eagles haven't seen a receiving quarter this, no. this deep.
0: No, they have not. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I do think they cover though. Uh, I just don't know.
1: I don't I'll, right now. I don't Eric think they're. Ha- Does Eric Ebron have a uh, have a not George Kittle game, but a uh, Higby game? Um.
0: No, I think if anything, he probably has a. Uh, uh, who's Washington's tight end now? Logan Thomas.
1: Oh. Okay, that wasn't who killed us, right? It was there was it was a different for Washington. Tight end, right? It was
0: Logan Thomas.
1: Okay, I could I, have, I forget who I was thinking, but
0: uh, um, are you going to be watching Thursday night's game?
1: Who uh, who's Tampa Bay
0: vs Chicago, which is a
1: uh, quarterback <sighs> rematch of Super Bowl Fifty Two? Oh, Nick, <laughs> uh, I have to work but after, after work, I might watch it. Yeah. um, Depending what, by the time I get out of work, if the game's not like over, i gonna be
0: intrigued and tune in to watch that one. Uh, but, uh, since we haven't been throwing up a ton of previews, maybe we'll try to get one of this week. I do have some Steelers numbers here. Um, coming off. I was looking, uh, after dinner, uh, at some Steelers numbers, uh, Betting wise and coming off the bye. So uh the last five seasons the Steelers are three and two coming off a bye. But under Mike Tomlin, uh, they're eleven and five. That being said
1: that's uh that's not Andy Reid, though.
0: That is not Andy Reid. Um <laughs> the Eagles are since twenty sixteen are seven and eight with the rest disadvantage. Uh, the Steelers are actually eight and nine with the rest advantage, which I I thought was interesting as well. Um,
1: it's basically it a toss
0: is. up. It very much is, uh, and uh, the other thing to remember is the last time these two teams met was Carson's rookie year, and that was
1: yeah because he doesn't he have, he does Darren have Darren Sproles
0: to throw a. What was that, like a 60-yard touchdown on a wheel route?
1: Yeah, the wheel route. No, yeah, that wheel route thing where you – yeah. th-
0: I remember that game. And
1: Carson was, like, was way more accurate then, yeah. right?
0: Um, and uh, give me one second here, actually. Uh, so since 2016, let's see how the Eagles are coming off a win. After a win, the Eagles are – Twenty-four and sixteen after a win. Uh, are the Steelers coming off a win? They well before their bye
1: week. I'll look it up because I was th- I was thinking this week and I was like, wait, they uh, they didn't. Yeah, they beat the Texans. Play. Yeah.
0: So under Tomlin, they're eleven-five after the bye, after a bye, and since twenty-sixteen, they're thirty-one and. 13 coming off a win.
1: I think this is a different case though. It is. And that that doesn't uh, as a fit cuz covid's going to throw me. a them favorite off. Pittsburgh's 37-16-1 like since
0: 2016. As an underdog, the Eagles are 15 and 15. And the Eagles are 9 and 11 as an away underdog. Steelers are 22-8 and eight as a home favorite.
1: I'm going into this game with no expectations. I'll tell you that right now. Because I can't, there's nothing, I you can't expect anything. I agree. You expect them to beat the Bengals, they tie. You expect them to beat Washington, they blow a 17-point lead. Um, and then you expect them to get decimated by the... San Francisco 49ers and they beat them
0: yeah that's that's expectations that's are out you. the window that's the Eagles for you
1: um
0: but uh <laughs> also uh most importantly that I just looked up for no good reason the Eagles now since 2003 or really 2008 are one and one after coming off a tie uh, that's yeah. weird a lot more ties have happened than you thought there are but uh any l- last thoughts before we uh close up shop on this one
1: um yeah actually i just thought about uh i meant to b- bring it up earlier tobias harris actually might have a rebound year he, he, hey, he's
0: played with he's played on a doc before
1: now, I'm um, I don't know how much my hopes are going to get up cuz to an extent I kind of hope they trade him to get a guy like Buddy Hield, but um if he stays, I I might be a little encouraged because I you've seen what he can do sure. under Doc Rivers.
0: Um and w- another thing we forgot to mention that happened over the weekend, uh a certain somebody did get let go. <laughs> well, a certain somebody resigned it's... and has been yeah. He got, a, he got assigned yeah. a different position. He got a Howie Roseman. <laughs> uh, Matt Clintak is no longer the Ned. Phillies' GM. He has uh, been reassigned, which means the Phillies just don't want to pay him uh, <laughs> empty money. So they're just going to pay him to still work for them, just not as GM. Uh, Ned Rice, I think, is taken over as the interim GM. And now the Phillies are searching for their next GM. Uh, Matt, not uh, uh, John Middleton did uh, have some uh, quotes from over this weekend, especially about JT. Uh, one was that he uh, was not for trading uh, Sixto Sanchez unless they were able to get a long-term deal done eventually with JT. He's obviously now going to hit free agency. And the second is he doesn't know if the Phillies are going to be able to sign JT using citing COVID-19 and the loss of ticket sales and all that as an excuse. Um, but let's we'll just ignore that the fact the Phillies have a over... over I, I don't even know what that TV contract was. Uh, but a $2.5 million TV contract, let's ignore that. Uh, the Phillies have no money,
1: yeah I mean, I feel like just as a whole the the phillies off season and that whole since we didn't really get to talk about it, that whole thing's a whole other discussion for another day, but it wa it wasn't very encouraging uh press conference to say the least
0: that is true, and uh finally for the Phillies uh Reese Hoskins had surgery today on his ucl according to jim salisbury it is technically not tommy John surgery so apparently there's multiple ways to repair a ucl injury he's going to be uh four to six months recovery which puts him basically right about uh february to april so uh he should i'm guessing he should be back for opening day
1: yeah it said four to six yeah, months I say weeks i i
0: I'm at forty. yeah months, my bad. i am all right. I'm all. I'm you're all good. Off tonight.
1: But um, I just um, I'm not too worried about him missing opening day or anything.
0: No, yeah, and it's so far away. Uh, hopefully, he'll be fine. Uh, but uh, until then, we'll just have to uh, hope the Eagles make this season interesting. Uh, and we didn't even mention the top thing about this. The Eagles aren't first place.
1: That's because there's. I feel like there should be an asterisk there.
0: Because, because a the rest of the division is trash, including the Eagles, or b because Doug Peterson's decision to go for a tie last week may end up helping the Eagles make the playoffs. In this um, race is close. More
1: so. More so. More so that they're just, it's a trash division. Yeah, I
0: agree. Uh, but, but I mean, that last point is true. Uh, there's a small chance if the playoff race is close to division race is close between the Eagles and Cowboys, uh, that the tie may end up getting the Eagles to the playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be close though. Uh,
1: that's 4d chess right the there. The
0: Cowboys schedule is a lot easier than the, uh, Eagles. Um, uh, before we go cuz we're already at 110 I'm assuming yeah almost 110 uh here's the cowboys remaining schedule um so they got the giants then they got Arizona Washington then the eagles Pittsburgh Minnesota Washington Baltimore Cincinnati San Francisco Philly Giants Washington sorry giants yeah stand with the giants I mean, I could see the Cowboys go 9-7. and seven. I mean, yeah. the only games there that Their wore schedule. you that if you're a Cowboys fan, that wore you are uh, Arizona, the two with Philly, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Sorry, not Minnesota, Baltimore, uh, and San Francisco. And then the yeah. Eagles, of course, have Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Giants, Dallas Giants, and then they get the stretch of Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas before finishing off with Washington. They're gonna need another upset. If they're gonna miss. The play- if they're gonna make the playoffs.
1: Biggest. Big yep. If, big if. Sadly. Sadly.
0: Because uh, I mean, they're still one, two, and one. So they could still they could go nine, six, and one, or they could go seven, eight, and one, six, nine, and one we'll see Uh, but finally once again any last thoughts all right no nope thank you everybody for listening to another episode of cheesesteaks in the 700 level podcast Uh, be sure to follow us on twitter at just simply in the 700 level sorry at in the 700 Uh, be sure to like the podcast leave a comment on uh, iTunes for us Let us know any comments on Twitter. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating for the podcast. Do all that stuff that you know uh, all so well from us. Repeating it every time after every podcast. Uh, But uh, until then, uh, have a good weekend.
1: Go Birds. Go Birds.